And three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another edition of A Humanistic Perspective. As always, I am your host, Chad Castilla. And folks, do I have another banger of an episode for you. I'm so stoked to be adding more musicians and artists and creatives to the repertoire of guests on this show. And today, I have not another disappointer in the books. He is a producer. He is a tech house DJ. He's resident in Columbus. He's featured at all the major clubs right now. He's got a new single called Crossfader that just came out, and he's a man controlled by the groove. Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm joined with Govan Jones. Govan, how are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. It's, it's funny you say a man controlled by the groove because uh, that's how I feel, man. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be locked in. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm mad respect that. And even too, like, I want to share a little bit before we even get into your backstory, how I even got introduced to you and hooked onto your sound and your ability. Um, and that was way back when I was in college. Right. Yeah, and uh, I was yep, looking to produce a uh, little EDM festival at our school. And I uh, was looking for DJs who were in the Columbus area, who were in the Cleveland area. I wanted guys that were local and I found your sound and your mixtapes on SoundCloud and just the way that you your your ability to hear house and your ability to put together a set that not only blended your original sounds but also blended you know sounds that that have cherished and so long been a part of the community of house and what is a tech house it really it really drew me into being like god damn i feel like i'm at home i feel like i'm back in chicago and i knew i had to hear you and had to have you come on out and when you perform man when i saw you live like your energy your craftsmanship, your ability to work the crowd, all of it, it was, it was just stunning. And so I, I just wanted to share a little bit about that story and say, thank you, man, for, for even uh, doing what you do. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. That was, I feel like that was one of my first, like, I think that was definitely like the first show that I was like booked as headlining. <laughs> no um, way. But like, yeah, that was, I was like just getting started then, man. Like I had, I was playing like, um, we had like a, a weekly thing called Dump. And um, okay. I would play that. And it was just like a little like Wednesday thing we did. And then I had like a couple of parties I was throwing. Um, but that was really before I even and started getting too much going as far as like um, playing in the clubs and, you know, direct support sets and stuff like that. So that was kind of like just a little taste for me, you know, like traveling 100%. and going to go play a show. I was like, oh, OK, maybe I can, you know, do something with this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I wanted to get back into your backstory. Where does Govan begin? Where does your life take you? Are you always from Columbus area? Sort of give me a little bit of your upbringing. What was that like? Um, well, I was I was born in uh, Chester, PA, which is like right outside of Philly. OK, cool. um, but I moved to Columbus when I was real young. I want to say like four, four or five. Wow. Um, so I've been I've been in this area uh, most of my life. Mm -hmm. um, I went to school in Westerville. Um, and then when I graduated, I went to DC for a year. Um, I went to Howard university and ended up okay. dropping out of there and coming back home and, uh, graduate from Ohio state. Hell yeah. And, and back then I was, I was rapping. No way. And really? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was like, that was really what I did. Like from, I want to say like seventh grade through what year was that when I kind of retired it was like 2012 i want to say so wow. yeah we it was uh it was that was my main thing man it was for a but long what, what, time did you know like were you always like into music and school and stuff like how did you know that did, like did you at least know that you wanted to be an artist even when you were done rapping sort of what was that headspace like um i mean well it, it started like with your your typical like young writing poetry type stuff and you know just <laughs> yeah. like like vent you know like it was a uh, 
saying a lot of crazy shit that, <laughs> that, that I'm glad I, I wasn't able to like tweet or nothing back then, you know, cause like, it was just like real, real fucking angsty, you know? Sure. Um, but like, it was one of those things that I like threw myself into, you know? So like, as it, as it started to grow and, and through like high school, we would battle all the time. I would record mixtapes at home and, you know, come to school and sell them and whatnot. What was your um, first mixtape? Do you remember the name of it? Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. I know I had a I had a bunch my senior year. I know I had one called No Identity. Okay. Um what were the what were the other ones? I can't even think of the names of that. <laughs> that shit, that shit feels like three lifetimes ago, man. Like dude, I still was, feel you. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was it was a lot of fun and it was one of those things that was I got really good at it, you know? And so it became something that I wanted to do. And were you and producing my, your own beats when you were making those mixtapes? Uh, well, the mixtapes were mostly like beat jacking mixtapes. So I would okay. be, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rapping about other people's stuff, but I did have a, a Yamaha motif and I, and I did make beats and I, oh, I, yeah. I, what, Oh, what did I, Oh, I put, I put an album on my senior year. That was like all original shit uh, okay. where me and the homies made all the beats and it was called Fahrenheit 614. And it was like the the cover was like me on fire, you know, fitted cat backwards <laughs> and shit, like yeah. <laughs> like just straight up like amateur Photoshop shit, you know. Yep. Um, but like we were we were doing like showcases and stuff back then. I had a manager my senior year, no um, and we actually ended up opening up for uh, Diddy's group that he did making the band. No they way. Did a show in Steubenville, and so this was my uh, it's either junior or senior year. We went in there, did our show. And the crowd, because it was, you know, it was a bunch of kids because it was like in Steubenville. So most of the high school kids and whatnot. And they treated us like we were the fucking headliner. That shit was nuts. Like people taking pictures and shit, screaming, you know what I'm saying? Like it was it was really insane. And like we had we had some stuff going. Um, And then I ended up going off to school at Howard and, you know, a bunch of shit went down. Life happens, you know. Yeah. What Um, were you studying there? Like, what were you planning to do? Oh, it was just like fucking business management. It was like it was literally going to D.C. to chase this dream. And that was a placeholder. I had a full ride. So it was like, bet we can go out here and do that. Try to make these moves, you know. Yeah. Um, And it was like it was it was real tough, man, because going Mm -hmm. out there on scholarship and whatnot, it's not like I had I didn't have money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't going out there with money. And D.C. is not a cheap place to be. I can't, I can't you know, imagine. So like most of my time was spent in my dorm room, you know, making beats and, and recording shit and, and trying to do that. And then I ended up leaving cause it just really wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for me, you know? 100%. And, and so I came back and, and did, did this, the scene in Columbus for a while, you know, did the showcases. They did like some summer jam, six, one, four type stuff. So like um, did at this point, were you producing your own music doing during those like summer jams? Um, no. So by the time I had come back to Columbus, I came back and like sold my equipment and shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like right, I, yeah, I came yeah, back yeah. and sold my equipment. I needed money. Yeah, just, you sure. know, trying to get on my feet and whatnot. Um, but I was still rapping. I had uh, my buddy, uh, Matt Sucker. Um, he was producing a lot of my stuff. I did some songs with AU, uh, Rashad and the third and some of the guys from Columbus. I did oh, yeah. some stuff with them. Um, but it really just like got to a point where I didn't feel like I was making the music for the same reason that people were, you know what I'm saying? Enjoying the music or, or looking for the music. And so it, it really right. wasn't, it really wasn't fun like that to me. So I just, I did one last album and then kind of just like hung it up yeah. and, and, and immediately like started playing guitar and doing like the singer songwriter shit. 
Hell yeah. You're, you're like, <laughs> like I want to get really intimate with the instruments. I mean, like I've always, I've always been, it's always been something like I have to create, you know, like I don't. It's, yeah, what, it, what, what, what do you think happened in your life or like, what is, what compels you to have that feeling of always wanting to create? Like, where did that come from? Do you think? Um, I honestly don't know. Like, I feel like it started like when I was younger, just doing it to do it, you know what I'm saying? Then as it became yeah. a thing and it was like, all right, well, if I can make this happen, I ain't got to go through this fucking rat race. All these people are going through that fucking sucks. It looks stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I've never wanted to participate in this fucking go to work shit, you know, like yes. that's, that's never been something I've wanted to do, you know? So it like, it was kind of one of those things that was like fed into each other, you know, like cool. as I got better at it, it becomes yeah. something you do, you know, like you're a kid, you start, you start out playing Madden, right? And you play Madden mm-hmm. so much and now you're whooping everybody's ass and you end up in a Madden league, right? right. And then esports comes out and now you're doing esports and you're trying to get paid for that because you just happen to be good at it. And now it's become so uh, integral to who you, you know what I'm saying, who you are and, and what you do that it's, um, it's just there, you know? So like, That's it's, beautiful. it's, it's always been there for me. And I feel like, the reason I was willing to quit rapping was because I had started playing guitar in the, in the meantime. And so I was like, I can throw this shit away and then move on. You still, yeah, still you had like another an outlet. outlet. Yeah, yeah. And I still have an outlet. Um, and so I did that for, I want to say, I don't know, maybe three or four years. Can, and was is any of this like music published? Can you hear any of this music? Oh, you, can you, probably look up, you can probably look up Govan Jones on YouTube and see me singing my fucking heart out. <laughs> okay, bet. But... <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like I had, I was writing songs and, you know, doing open mics and um, opening up for people. There was a couple a couple shows where my buddies were playing shows and I was, you know, on the bill with them. Um, and then um, I was in a relationship where I kind of just like, stop playing mm. and it wasn't necessarily like intentional they just i don't know it was weird there wasn't really room for it we moved in together and it was one of those things that like playing guitar and, and writing was such an intimate thing that it was really hard for me to to yeah, you have, have the like writing process and practicing you know what i'm saying with someone else like it's yeah. one thing to go perform but you know what i'm saying when you're working through shit and you're you're doing it to fuck up for a while you know what i'm saying literally like, no I've, I've always said that too like the, the it's almost easier to perform to an audience of that no one knows you but like yeah. to perform to someone or to be in your intimate space where you're like okay this isn't ready yet for people to see yeah. and to have someone you know whose opinion matters to you be yeah. around so different yeah. changes the game. yeah yeah 100%. so i mean like it it kind of fizzled out and i um i started bartending and so I kind of just like started partying and you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, um, a buddy of mine came back and was like, dude, you have to go to electric forest. So I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's <laughs> you know in Michigan, correct. Right. It's yeah. In the UK. yeah. Rothbury. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I went there and came back and it was like, Oh, and you, you'd be able to tell immediately from like the soundtrack to my bar shifts because we had, you know what I'm saying? We had the ox. Yeah. You, you could tell immediately like, the moment I came back from Forest, you know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. a whole lot more electronic music. I was really into like future bass. And what um, year is this? Your first time going to Forest? 2018. Wow. 2018 yeah. Forest. Yeah. Okay, so cool. it was 2018. Okay. I came back and um, like started getting into house music. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where like after going to Forest and starting to go into the, the local events and, you know what I'm saying? The shows at the clubs, it was like, being on the dance floor is like the the only place I ever want to be. 
You know what I'm saying? Like when there's house music going, it's like that feeling is amazing. Being surrounded yeah. by my friends, everyone's just like lost in the groove and shit, you know? Like, yeah. so I wanted to, I wanted to help. I wanted to help recreate those moments for people instead of chasing them all the time. Wow. So I started, so I started throwing a party called Timmy's house and my Timmy's buddy was, house. it yeah. sounds so interesting. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was like, I was, I was calling myself like Timmy Turnup, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. like my buddy started doing the flyers and it was like me with like a turnip head. You know, like just like real cartoony shit. Um, and so like I was I was kind of learning how to DJ like at the after hours with my dude Zach from Fear and Low. Sure. And so like we'd be at afters and everybody would be sleeping. Me and him would be mixing till like five in the morning. You know what and I'm saying? Well, like, what uh what deck were you on and what program were you using at that time? Um he had he had CDJs. CDJs, yeah. Yeah, and um and at, at the very beginning I had a deck with Serato. It was like a nice. I forget whatever the, the fucking like one of those on the go decks. Yeah, dude, that shit was trash. And I hated and I hated <laughs> Serato because like I couldn't I couldn't I had to keep two libraries. So like mm-hmm. when I'm at home practicing, I'm I got this, but I have to turn around and put everything in record box because I can't be at after hours trying to plug a record box, you know what I'm saying? I hear trying you. to do that. Um and a buddy of mine actually like saw me bitching about it on Twitter. And like DM me and ask me for my address and I gave it to him. And this was probably like a Friday night or something. So I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm drunk out, whatever, just, you know, here's my address, whatever. And then like that Monday, I open my door and there's a fucking brand new like DDJ 400 on my step. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? And I was like, wait, I was like, wait, he did ask for my address. And so like that, that was when I really started taking it serious because it was like, all right, well, someone believes in me at that level. And this is like someone I met on Twitter. Whoa. This is not, you know what I'm saying? Like I met him at like, Forest that's a once. sign, bro. Yeah. And it was like, someone believes in me like that to just, you know, send me some gear. It's like, all right, well, wow. let's kind of do that. Um, and then with Timmy's house, it was like, I was having all my friends play. I wasn't even playing it at first. I was just kind of curating, you know? Yeah. And then one of my buddies had to miss the event. And I was like, well, wait, I know how to do this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck? So then like, that kind of just, yeah. So that kind of just like morphed into me playing for like two hours to warm the room up to open the party and then having whoever my guy was that was the headliner of my little, you know, it was just like a little bar and shit. Right. Um, but that kind of turned into how I like found my sound was just, you know what I'm saying? Testing songs and playing that once a month. Yep. And then because I was always like at the function and I knew everyone, and from being a bartender and having this personality and, you know what I'm saying? And like knowing the people in, in the area. You were and, promoting and networking too. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, so they just thing started I'm to get through all this is, you know, you're, you're making sure that you're aware, like you knew everyone, you were making face, you were, yeah. you were showing up, but then you also like, were finding your sound and like, was house something that was like predominant in the Columbus scene naturally before you were there? Or were you someone that's sort of like helping to promote and bring that scene back? So there was like, like, I feel like I was late to it. So I can't really speak to how it was um, like more than what, four or five years ago. Um, But when I, when I first started kind of coming into the scene, there were a couple monthly parties and they were all like house and techno type parties. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't any tech house. These are, these are the homies, but they're the kind of dudes that laugh at tech house. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it was like, that wasn't really going. Most of the bars and the clubs, if it wasn't like a, a, a an act that was being booked for house music was top 40 or hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so as we started, as I, I started doing Timmy's house, mm-hmm. um, a couple of buddies were throwing some other parties, you know what I'm saying? And so that kind of 
it kind of all started to come up together as they're booking headliners, more and more houses happening. You see more and more house music at Forest. So, that, you know what I'm saying? So people were coming back, having some sort of knowledge of it. And then because I had the end with all the bars from being a bartender and knowing the whole short North, like I was able to go sit at a bar that usually played rap music and play house for four hours every Saturday night. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of, we started, started doing that. And then, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Some other homies start to branch out and do that. You know what I'm saying? So like, like, I feel like we kind of helped bring it back up, especially with the new sound. Yeah. And, and delivering that to like the college kids and, and the people more my age that aren't necessarily like dedicated househeads that aren't going to come stand in a dark room and listen and, and dance to music without words for four hours. That is you know what I'm saying? so cool. So it was like one thing I realized really quickly was that a lot of what bars that want to play top 40 do is they want you to feel good because you're hearing your favorite song. And this is what I tell them is I will make you feel like you're hearing your favorite song for four hours straight. And you haven't heard a single one of them Yep. because that's just the vibe that, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's what, just house, what music house music does. Yeah. Do. And, they, and I don't think they realize that. Right. And so as that starts to happen, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, you said at the bar like this, bop, and of course you're going to buy a shot. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. so it just kind of started working and then it's just kind of grown from there. You know what I'm saying? Like we had some people who, moved into the area that play that make and play really good house music. We all kind of started hanging out together because we'd be at the function, you know? So um, are all the DJs really close? Is the community tight knit with all the house? Oh yeah. Out yeah. There? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have, we got a crew um, called the Oak Collective, which is basically Collective. Our, our homies that were doing, running the afters, you know what I'm saying? Playing yeah. my, like fear and low. They had, they had a house on campus. Yeah. And so I actually after, know them. Yeah. Yeah. After the show, we'd go to, we go to their crib, you know what I'm saying? Keep the party going. And that kind of built a family of people who love that vibe. Wow. And they come, you know what I'm saying? We all go to the functions. And so it, it really does just feel like I know everybody in the club when we're having, you know what I'm saying? When we're having those parties. And so it, it's become one of those like infectious kind of things where people were seeing, how are you always having so much fucking fun? Well, let me show you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, it kind of built that way. And now we have, multiple clubs a night playing house music and multiple parties going, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, you got to make a decision. Do I want to go here or do I want to go there? You know? And it's, it's a great problem to have. That's kind of reminds me right now. I, uh, I interviewed recently a comedian who's out in the Texas comedy scene Mm -hmm. and it's the same shit out there. They're blowing up. There's a micro community of really good people who are really dedicated to the art form that they're doing. Yeah. And it's making even outsiders interested. Like, I need to experience, try this. If I'm in Columbus right now, where's the clubs? Where do I got to go? Where where can I go um, to get some good house in my soul? Forum on Saturday nights is, is the best club in the city, man. They got Boyd in there. Um, just got the room tuned up real nice. We got uh, Gene Ferris coming on Saturday, Saturday night after the, after the Buckeye game. Um, we do day parties sometimes. We do day parties at Midway. Um, Dahlia. Uh, has been booking a lot of house acts. I'm opening up uh, direct for Arnold and Lane on the 24th at Dahlia. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a whole lot going on. And, like, I'll, I have a monthly where I play at a bar called The Walrus on first Fridays, and I do a thing called Day Club on uh, the last Sunday of the month at Bodega. Oh, and so yeah. it's, it's, we're, we're getting to a point where almost every weekend, if you want to find house music, you can. And it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's in there, and it's not that hard. And it's one of those yeah. things that's like, this is what, this is what I was looking for when I did Timmy's house because there wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I couldn't find that party, you know? 
And you guys are literally so, the ones fostering it. Yeah, and it's, and it's been really cool because the forum, we now are working with the guy, with the older guys who are doing what, we, what we're doing now 10 years ago. They were the ones throwing underground parties everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And so now we're working with them and we're all working together to try to build this house music every Saturday thing so you know where it's at. And you don't have to look to see who's playing. You can just pull up because you know it's going to be a good time, you know? So it's been been really cool seeing how it's built, especially coming out of last year. You know what I'm saying? And the energy, the energy has been insane. Everybody is so ready to dance. Like. It's it's been it's been a how lot did, of fun. How did COVID impact the dancing too? Like I bet people are eager to get back to it. How did, how were you yeah. building up during that? I mean, I I tore my quad tendon in November of 2019, so I was already in the house in a damn. I'm so sorry. <laughs> immobilizer and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like they were like, "Y'all gotta stay home." I was like, "Well, join me." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was used to it, so I really just like I wasn't. The one thing I I realized immediately, even as I was starting to get booked for stuff, is that like, even when we had a good party or I played a good set, I never really felt super like proud of what it was that I was doing because I'm just like playing music. And to me, having a good ear and all, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's all, that's what I do. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I am about music in general. You know career. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it doesn't, it didn't feel like I was doing anything all that special. And, and when COVID hit, it was like, all right, well, I, I know what it's time to do. I got to lock in and start making beats. Mm-hmm. And so I probably made, I think I made a hundred beats last year. Like just, just over and over a bunch of what's really your, shitty what's your, beats. Uh, what's your DAW? What's your DAW? Ableton. Ableton. Hell yeah. 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 So I made, I made a bunch of shitty beats and, and just finished them all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like just getting reps. Yep. Um, and so now it, it's gotten to a point where. I could just like hop in and, and you know what I'm saying? Have fun making stuff and, you know what I'm saying? So cool. and play around. It's really uh, interesting. You bring that up because um, actually, you know, who did that was Mozart and, or no Bach Bach wrote every day. He just wake up and write chorale. Yeah. You went, he wouldn't even like play all of them for the public, but he would get yeah. up every day and he would just do, do it to retain it and get better. And like, yeah. now that's so cool. Like you, I bet you just like, do you get like I know you go on those bike rides? Do you ever just get ideas in your head and then you have to go home and lay? Oh, I cut I cut my ride short all the time because I'm like, nah, I need to go home and fix this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like, what I'll what I'll do is I'll I'll ride and listen to my mixes and listen to someone else's mixes or you know what I'm saying like you running through a mix down of the stuff that I've been working on lately and like taking mental notes of you know what I'm saying of of arrangement and uh, you know what I'm saying things that I can do to try to oh, make it better what a, what a cool creative process yeah 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 could you talk me through like a little bit of your for, talk me through I guess a little more of like getting into your becoming a better producer and where is your creative process at now like how do you how does the inspiration come into you how do you put it out on on onto the uh into a sonic form like how is that for you well it's it's kind of all over the place honestly like okay I've always been like for me, it's like moods. Like I, I know when I feel like making a beat the way that you know you're when you're hungry. Yep. And I will not make a beat if I don't feel like making a beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's not something I'm willing to force in that in that way. Wow, um, it's like instinct. Like it comes onto your body in an instinctual. Way. Yeah, I mean, like you, like you know how if you're like bored and you feel like playing Madden, right? Yep. Like it's, you know, what I'm saying, like you can't really explain that. 
Right. But that's how it is. Like, I'll be sitting there and all of a sudden, like, yeah, I feel like making a beat. Let's open a door and see what happens. And then sometimes <laughs> it's like, nah, never mind. I, I feel like playing 2K. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's before it was a lot more, I want to say, like poking around, you know, I would, I would, I would watch like a tutorial on something and then try to apply that idea into a cool. song. Right. And so this was like basically like studying for like all like of, the spring of 20 spring and summer of 2020, you know, because like one, I wasn't in much shape to be doing anything. All the fucking clubs were closed. All I'm doing is streaming from my fucking living room downstairs with a little green screen and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, I don't have, I don't have a job. I don't have nowhere to be. I don't have a fucking sleep schedule. You know what I'm saying? I'd wake up some, some mornings at three 30 and like, all right, well, let's make a beat, oh, yeah. you know, take a nap at one and then get, you know what I'm saying? It was like, it was, it, it gave me, a freedom that I probably wouldn't have had if things didn't shut down because we would have been playing parties every fucking weekend. I wouldn't have had time to sit down and make a hundred beats. That's up. What, you know what I'm saying? And like, if I wasn't sitting advantage of that period so well. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was one of those things that it was like, it was really important to me. Yeah. And the trajectory that I was trying to set myself on, was cut short so abruptly, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. and it was like, all right, well, I'm not going to sit around just playing and mixing music all fucking day, but right. I need to be doing something with house music all, all day. You know what I'm saying? Like I need to right. be doing something with it. Um, and so it, it just became this thing where it was like, all right, well, I taught myself how to produce before. Mm. I taught myself how to play guitar and write songs. You know what I'm saying? Like I did all, that was all, that's all self-taught shit. It's like, all right, so why can't I sit down here and go through YouTube and figure out how to do this shit? Yeah. It's all, it's all math. So now it gets, so now it's like, because of, I feel like this amalgamation of different styles and influences from my two previous lives, I consider myself like on my, <laughs> on my third <laughs> life. It's been, it's crazy. They all feel like so long ago. Sure. Um, but because of that now it's like all this shit is swimming in my head and it's it's kind of like when I'm making a beat it's like if I was just freestyle rapping so I'll start with some drums or whatever then I just let it happen it's like playing with Legos you know it's like yep. putting shit places and if I hear a melody you know what I'm saying like I'm not I'm not very deliberate unless I have an idea unless I start with a vocal or I start with a sample or you know what I'm saying like yep. otherwise it's just like all right let's see what I can make today sometimes it's like some the minimal shit sometimes it's some banger type shit sometimes you know what i'm saying sometimes it's just some weird shit i feel like making that i'll never see the light of day sure you know and it's yeah, just like that's so cool just getting just getting reps man it's like going into the gym every day if, you, if you're a basketball player yep you know you gotta go get your shots up that makes sense that entirely makes sense could you, know, you talk and like, through a little bit of like the process of making the song can't be lonely oh that one that's one of them, i love that track by the way Dude, I think that one started with the bass line. Okay. I want to say I started with a bass line. I might have started with the drums. But that was one that, like, as I made it, felt really different from the kind of shit that I usually make. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could tell by the bass line that, like, it, it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be able to be, like, a, a groovy song. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot more... I want to, I guess, like electro feeling because it's more yeah. like straight ahead, and you know what I'm saying, like I, 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 um, I, I, like a, 
I replicate that sound to like sort of the minimal house Brazil minimal like mm-hmm. bass house like I yeah it was so it was such such a well put together track like I that's one of my favorites um what was like the emotional you said so like each song sort of can come from an emotional place or an emotional state what was maybe the emotional state of that song well as, I mean it was coming out I don't think there really was one as much as it was just like a feeling so mm-hmm. like when I'm making a song as it starts to develop, I can tell where where and when would I want to hear this song? What does it feel like? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's not not so much an emotion as far as like Which putting it into words that way. Like where would I like where would I want to hear this at? You know what I'm saying? What kind of song, what kind of song is this? And so like I I had started writing and I think I had probably the bass line and the drums. Cause usually what I'll do is I'll I'll get the drums and bass line down, then I'll start laying the track out so I can try to like write it in a linear fashion. And so I'm pretty sure I like I have I got a bunch of vocal packs and you know what I'm saying splice samples and shit. Yep. And so I think I found that vocal and was like, hold up, this kind of this kind of has a cool feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it it can be this this might be able to be something cool. And then I think I like wrote that lead, and then so it's just like, how do I? how do I now tie the emotion from these vocals into the way the song feels? Mm. Because the, like one thing I don't know if you've noticed is that like, all I'm trying to do is make like dark groovy shit. Yeah. You know, like it's, I don't fuck with major keys, you know, like I'm like, I want, I want you to put your head down and just start, you know what I'm saying? Just like start dancing to the shit, you know, like, and so that was one of those ones, like this feels like, a club track but it's not like the typical thing that i would that i would play or hear you know mm-hmm. and so it was like now how do i t- like just tie that in you know what i'm saying to what i was doing and i made i made that song when the hell did i make that song let me look that's like hell yeah <laughs> that was like because because like well a lot of the stuff that's come out lately yeah is all it came out in 2021 yeah, a lot of this stuff is all stuff that I made last year. Okay. Or at so least at, been, at least at the very So how beginning. much do you have in the vault? How much do you have just on deck waiting to be dropped? Oh, uh, I mean, I got a bunch of shit now that like I haven't that I can't that I that I wouldn't I probably wouldn't even like shop. Wow. I got a bunch of I got a bunch of songs that I was trying to shop that like now I wouldn't play because I feel like I've leveled up a lot 100%. in the past like I want to say Probably two or three months, honestly, because it was like I was writing these songs in a ba- in a vacuum, right? And they let me back out in the fucking club. Now I can test this shit. And now, now I know how. Now I know how it's supposed to feel. You know what I'm saying? Like now I know how it feels versus how I thought it would feel. And so it makes it a That's lot easier for me to so have that kind of control when I'm writing. You know, dude, it's like you're a you're a mad scientist. You're a mad scientist of feeling, emotion, and vibes because literally, it's like all right, I, I was able to craft or create this sort of feeling and energy. Now, like you're saying, you get to go into the lab and you're getting to see how it's impacting the souls around yeah. you. Dude, it's so cool. Like you're, what you're doing is like, you're, what, you're, what I think is so interesting about your art form is you get the one of those opportunities where people put their phones down and they just experience with the people around them and they they're connected to a moment instead of getting connected to a future experience or an experience right. through something. And that's yeah. like, 
that's unbeatable to anything. It's so cool. It's really interesting too, that you're seeing like, as now that the club opens up and you're producing your exponential growth as an artist is like even month to month, which is that's like, gives me goosebumps, like as trajectory for your art form. Could you talk a little bit about Crossfader that that song? How was that process? Um, that one, I mean, it was a, a pretty similar process. That was one where it was just like, I think I wrote that bass line. And that was like the first time I had written like a chunky bass line like that, with like with that kind of sound. That one goes hard, and bro. And then like, you add, there's like those like offbeat triplets in there. Oh my God. It's Yeah. So like, I mean, like that's, I mean, honestly, a lot of it, a lot of it is like, how would I want this to sound to me if I was hearing it when I was tripping? <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> how can I unlock? Yeah. I'm be honest with you. How would this how would this feel if I was listening to it when I was tripping? Oh yeah. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Like, because it's like just I don't know, weird wonky type shit mm. that you know, like is that the influence too? I was gonna ask about the album art. Do you make your album art? Um, I did the album art for Crossfader. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. I did that one with the green um, and the mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean yeah. like that's, I don't know. It's always, I'm gonna be, I love acid. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it makes now, music do, wonderful. Do you, do you consume and produce ever? Has it, have you ever done that or tried that? Or do you um, listen to your songs high yourself in order to see how it would interact? No. Well, I, like I will, I will listen to them that way. Mm. Um, Writing is a little bit harder because my attention span is all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. there are, there are times where like I'm coming down or at the beginning where I'll be able to get an idea started. And then mm-hmm. it's like, all right, yeah, now it's time to go do something, you know, like, <laughs> right. um, but it's more like, I don't know, for me when I'm out and I'm at a festival or I'm at a show, you know, like to me, that's game film. Mm, like as, mu- as, like as, as much as I'm enjoying it, I'm listening to how whoever's playing is mixing. I'm listening to the songs that I'm hearing. I'll hear like, I'll hear a weird texture in a song. You know what I'm saying? Or like the way, the way the snare is, play, you know what I'm saying? Playing with the, like interplaying with the drums and be like, yep. oh shit, that's how they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and if I'm, if I'm on acid, it feels like I have so much more processing power. And I'll, you know what I'm saying? I'll be able to like understand what's happening and I'll hear some shit and be like, oh fuck that's how they got that sound, you know? And it's so it's stuff like that. I'll bring back into what I'm doing when I get back home, you know, that's interesting. So you're saying like during, during the acid, the, your, your, your hearing is heightened. Therefore, like the, your ability to process and your synapse ability to remember the observation of each in particular sound is so increased to the point that it affects your art. That is so cool. Well, cause I, I feel like, especially in something like with, with house music, right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's loop based. Right. And it's this mm-hmm. really steady beat. Like the one way you have to like manipulate the way it feels throughout the song is with texture. Right. Right. So if you, so when you get to the breakdown, right. And you got, you, you cut the bass and you bring in a pad, you know what I'm saying? And it feels yeah. like light and airy. That's, that's a different texture than when you come back into the drop. Mm-hmm. you know and so you'll hear a song and be like yo this breakdown is fucking crazy what about this breakdown is making me feel this way right you know what i'm saying like is it is it the is it the way this big synth is coming in is it you know what i'm saying is it mm-hmm. is it the way the drums are being filtered 
all that kind of shit contributes to, to the way it, it feels. And it's like you said, it's really all about feeling and vibe for me. Like right. I hate using the word vibe that way. Cause it feels like overused, but sure. you know, but it's like, it's, it's really about how it makes me feel like I'll, I will never forget. I just got chills just about to say it. I will never forget the way that I felt the first time I heard that art come in on Jolene when Claude played it at Forest. Wow. I looked over at Zach like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. like moments like that. Or like, um, like a, a lot of music I listen to when I'm riding my bike, right? So there's, yeah. so like Ranger Trucko, right? He has a bunch of new shit coming out right now. Cool. And he has who are some who are some people you're listening to? Yeah, he's um he's really dope, young dude. Uh, I think he's from Michigan, but he's out in L.A. now. Okay. Um, but like yeah, he has this mix. I think it's a spotlight spotlight mix, is what it's called. Um, he has a bunch of like his, you know, like a bunch of IDs on there. Mm-hmm. And so like as these songs are starting to come out. Like I can, I can see in my mind where I was at on the bike trail the first time I heard the song in that mix. Like, yo, what the fuck is this? Because, it, because it imprints on me that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because it's the, the feelings are so strong when I hear when I hear something I really like, and they're all like very distinct because of the texture mm-hmm. of the song and the, and the and even the context of how it's being played in the set. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, changes your experience of it. I agree. And so like that's that's important and when I'm writing and in when I'm playing. Cuz mm-hmm. like I'll I'll be playing a set and I'll like see one of my homies in the crowd and I'll look at him and be like watch this. And then I'll do something specifically to make him react to the music. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll bring a song in that just to see like well I think he'll like this one. Let's see what happens if I play it like this for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and because I feel like as much as it is reading the crowd, right? If you can get one person over here to start dancing crazy as fuck, like what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? More people. Everyone around them is gonna start dancing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you catch somebody dancing real hard, and then and then I'll like lock in on them for a second and see, you know what I'm saying, see where their heads at as far as what what with what I'm playing, you know, because it's just like I don't know, that makes it that makes it fun to me because the 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 mixing part of it is all math. The, the yeah. DJing part of it is not really that hard to do, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right, right. And so it's like things like that. I feel like spice up the sets. I get what and, you're saying. Like any, anybody can go on YouTube and through repetition and the like patterns of it become a DJ, but no one can become a, yeah. a true, a true creator until they understand how to inspire and observe and be aware of the space and the aware of how the art that they're making is impacting them. And I wanted to ask, this was when you were talking about like, just how, all of the songs are about different textures, right? The beats and like, there's always a consistent four on the four usually, but the texture is what really resonates and changes each one. Do you think there's a sort of like meditative quality or meditative nature to house music? Or like, I'm trying to, I guess, get at like, I feel like everyone gets together because in a sense, it's tribal. It's so simple. Like back in the day, like we use as hunter gatherers, we just get together around a fire and bang on shit and dance and enjoy each other's company. Like, do you think there's like this meditative connection that even though we're using electronics and it's like the future of music using electronic production, do you think it's like resonating with our inner, our inner species and our inner creature? It's a heartbeat, man. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's a heartbeat you're a good resting heart rate is what like 60 60 beats per minute yeah right what yeah. is what is house between 120 and 127 yeah 
You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you listen to tribal music anywhere, indigenous music anywhere. It's mm-hmm. almost always four on the floor. It may be a different tempo. Right. But if you listen to if you listen to people playing drums in a community, it's almost always four on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so saying? Like it's 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 a universal thing. Yeah, as an ethnomusicologist exploring every culture you see. Yeah. 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 It's it's a universal thing. And I and I feel like it, it absolutely is like meditative and, and there, you know, I lose track of time all the time when I'm doing this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, that's why I listen to it during a workout. Yeah. It just yeah, like keeps I, you going. Like it I, it, I hate to say it, but like, it like pulls out a deeper part of me. Like it gets you, it like hits you in a deeper state and I yeah. can go longer and I just forget. I forget yeah. about what's happening. I just rode 25 miles high as hell. Grew the whole time like this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. Right. It doesn't feel nearly the same it would be if I went out and ran two miles with no headphones on. That would be a lot harder than 25 miles on a bike. You know what I'm Hell saying? No. Like, Hell no. <laughs> and, and so it's like, I don't know when I'm, if I'm going on a road trip or I'm driving, I'm listening to house music. You know what I'm saying? If I, if I can't sleep, I'm going to lay down and throw on some, some deep house or some minimal shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's a, it's a simple thing I can lock onto and I will stop paying attention to whatever else is going on if I can lock into it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that I knew immediately, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, where the fuck has this been all my life? How did I not know about this shit? You know, like, (laughs) I'm like, Robin, what? I was rapping for 15 years for what? I could have been doing this the whole fucking time, you know? Cause it's just like, I don't know. It's the, it's like, it's the best feeling for me. It's, it's, it's such a, a spiritual thing. And I'm not, I'm not a very deeply spiritual person. You know what I'm saying? In that sense. But like, as, as you will hear me say, house music is God and you cannot convince me otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that. That's the thing too, is about everyone in the community is once you're in, like, you know, you're a house head because you're in for life and you're obsessed. And I tell the homies, I'll be, I'll be here when my boyfriend plays bass music. I'm like, I'll be here waiting for you when you get here. <laughs> and, you know, like it may it may take you a while, but I will be here when you get here. And I've had yeah. several of my friends who really didn't get into house music like that, right? And now they're starting to come to the function and, and having fun. That I've had several people be like, "All right, I get it now. Mm. I think I'm mm. a I, don't tell nobody, but I think I'm a house head now." You know what I'm saying? I was like, I, "Hey, I told you I'd be here. Welcome." That's beautiful. I wanted to ask, and I wanted to explore a little bit uh, gigs. So you got to open for. Mala, which was insane. Could you talk me through maybe that gig and then maybe some highlights of, can you give me a great club moment? And then like the worst club moment, maybe someone who was just obnoxious as fuck or something yeah. or something crazy. Yeah. The, well, the, the Mala show was nuts because uh, my dude, Nick, who um, was doing the promotion for the show with my best friend's party, he mm-hmm. pitched it to us. Like we did, we did like an Oak, an Oak collective opening set. Cool. So there's there's six of us. It's me, Fear and Low, Jimmy Gent, Max Bakovin, and um, uh, Ben, my wow. dude Jeff. And so what we did was we we had two hours, and we did four thirty minute sets, like B three B. So it was me, Fear and oh, Low, yeah. and then Bakovin, um, Benton, and uh, Jimmy Gent, and we just rotated every half hour, like, like a three way yeah. back to back. And so it was just really cool because like we all we all played like different types of house music. You know what I'm saying? Like we all make different types of house music and it's always fun. It was fun when he pitched it because like, no, this is just going to be like what we do at afters anyway. 
Cause all we do is sit around the decks and switch in and out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and so it was, it was really cool to watch the energy in the room build that way mm-hmm. off of like, this is what, you know what I'm saying? Like being able to show a bunch of people who probably had no idea who we were because right. you know what I'm saying? This is Mala at Otherworld. There are people coming from wherever to come see this, you know? No, literally. Um, yeah, I almost drove down for it. Yeah, dude, it was, it was, it was, dude, it was nuts. Like that was, that was, that was a really fun show. And um, that was, it was one of my favorites to date for sure. Sure. Like it was, it was definitely a really good feeling to, to get that kind of reception and then have like, to overhear people be like, damn, I wish the openers were still, were still on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like shit like that, because it was like, I feel like there's just so much variation when we do that Mm. because we all have our own music on our USBs. We're not playing from the same set. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not playing from the same pool of music. So you get to bring in, like, we all get to bring in like what, what our idea of opening for Mala is. That's while so also true. while also like keeping in consideration like okay i know that i'm playing with fear and low right so right. i know i know what realm we're gonna be in right how do i find songs that are gonna fit this vibe that still have my flavor with it you know what i'm saying That's and so it's wild. just like being able to do that in a way where like being in tune with with them is that's second nature. I open for them all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. and so it, it's cool because I can do that and still go in there and and have the confidence that we can do it on the fly. Right. And, and you know was what I'm that, saying? Was I, that did like was it just like nat- natural as hell with all of you guys up there? Like, what was was there like oh, yeah. any funny moments or cool moments with the crowd? Oh, uh, I mean, it was just like I remember at one point. Uh, I think Alex. I think it was Alex. He played that new Fisher. Just feels tight. Okay, and I looked yeah. down and I looked down and saw him bringing it down. I was like, oh yeah, that's about to go crazy. <laughs> and like it was one of those things, like as it built in, he dropped it out, just feels tight, and they fucking exploded. Hell yeah. You know, and it's like being able to do that is fun because that's a song that none of us would probably ever play in any other setting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, other than that big ass group party, right? Because that's what that's what it calls for at that time. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you would never hear a, a Fisher song in a, a normal Fear and Low set. I would probably never play that song. I, I might play that song. You know what I'm saying? I got a party because I play more towards that style. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like like having moments like that. Mm. It's And it's fun because you're doing it with your best friends. You know, like these are the people I spend all my time with when I'm not getting paid to do it. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, and so it, it's been really cool to see everyone's growth and see see the homies getting track signed and and playing and you know what i'm saying and going out of town and doing shows and all that shit it's been it's been really cool just to see to see the growth and like mm-hmm. be able to root for each other in that way and and push each other and, you know and find that inspiration like to to keep trying to level up like yeah. as a as a crew and like as a scene you know i recently listened to your live stream that you did at the columbus wall outside Oh yeah. And that was first off, it was a fantastic set, but I wanted to talk through how did what was the process of setting that up? And was that you and your management that wanted to come up with that idea? Was that all you sort of what what, what was sort of the creation behind it and how did that event go during it? Like talk me through the mindset of it. Cause it well, was pretty badass. It was it was fun. Like I don't I don't really have management per se. Like I have sure. I have Prism that's um that's helping me work with stuff and help me like trying to get booking and whatnot. Okay. Um, 
but as far as like all the branding and all that, that's just all whatever the fuck's going on in my head. I have no idea Hell what I'm yeah. doing until I do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> not like I'm not the kind of person that looks very far ahead. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and this has all kind of been like long range, just like kind of seeing the bigger picture and doing small things that I feel like fit into the puzzle to get me there. Yep. But there's no fucking plan for this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, I got, um, I was a, I don't remember if I was a, approached or if i asked um but uh a homie in chicago was running this like wednesday stream for gene ferris's channel um and so i he was gonna, i was gonna play a set for it and i was like well i don't want to just it's a pre-record i'm pre-recording the set so they can stream it mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't want to just do this shit in my fucking living room and you know what i'm saying and yeah do the same thing i've been doing um and my buddy um the guy that that makes a lot of that did, did my logo and did all the Timmy's house flyers and whatnot. He's real good friends with the guys who put that mural up there. Mm-hmm. And the guy who owns the, the shop it's attached to and whatnot. And so um, he does film stuff. And my buddy Mike has also been doing a lot of film stuff and drone work. And I was like, yo, what if I go do this fucking set and just record it at the love mural? We'll be able to get power from that building because we know the guy who owns the building. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it really was, it was really a pretty easy setup. Honestly, we didn't have to have anybody move any cars. Wow. We got there. He, the dude had the the extension cord hung over the fence for us to, you know what I'm saying? Tap into. We brought a table and just like set it all up. And um, I brought a speaker out there and brought the, you know, brought my deck. Well, my buddy's deck. um, And just like started playing, you know? And Mm -hmm. it was kind of cool because we had people come up and want us to, behind to take a picture against the mural i'm like go for it man. you know what i'm saying like hell yeah people came up and were like standing off behind the camera dancing for a little bit and whatnot because it's like it's right downtown mm-hmm. um it's kind of like tucked off a bit but it's in an area where people are walking by you know sure um and so it was just kind of cool like we almost fucked it up and started too late because as it got darker, we didn't have good enough lights to keep me lit very well. <laughs> so we, so we had to kind of piece the end of that together. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where I hit hit him up and then hit my buddy Mike up. Like, would you want to come? Cause like, he's been just learning the drone and, and testing mm-hmm. shots and, you know what I'm saying? Just now getting back into to filming stuff. And I was like, would you want to come play around with your drone and, and record this while I'm, you know, I'm doing this set. Um, and I think we set that up in like a week because wow. I had to get it because I, I had to get it in so like when we recorded it I had to like have that video to him within like the next three or four days so it wasn't like we could go back and redo it you know we were like all right let's just get get it to him how it is um and it it worked out cool and I played a lot really of well. a lot of my music and that that was that was I would say oh maybe like 60 50 or 60 percent original tracks if not more Hell yeah. That was, what, that was mostly that was mostly my music and then just like some other stuff to break it up. Sure. My, my mix downs aren't great. So I gotta I kinda gotta sprinkle some other stuff in there so you don't get uh, my boy Diego says that my high end is is harsh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh I've been actually been working on him with with mixing and, and mastering and stuff. Um he, he's actually a, a DJ and producer too. His name is DeRoya. Okay, cool. Um, Shout out to DeRoya. But yeah, it's been like, it's one of those things where like, I make music way too fast to have, mm-hmm. to actually try to have someone else mastering my shit. I don't have that kind of money. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it costs a lot. There, there are some weeks I make like five beats. I'm not, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to test these in a club. 
you know so like a lot of a lot of my master like my masters and and the the songs are songs like i can play in a set but they probably shouldn't be like released or recorded yet. you know what i'm saying like you shouldn't be able to listen to that again yet because there's, there's gonna have some imperfection in it you know yeah yeah yeah. But, it hasn't gone through the right proper compressions yeah, yeah you haven't brought out yeah. certain parts that you want to kick harder and then yeah yeah feel right because once yeah. I'm done with the song, it's like a quick little boop, boop, boop. All right, I'm gonna go test this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like I am. Yeah, I'm impatient, man. I'm impatient. I love that. That is so cool. That's so cool. What is so? What is you were talking to me a little bit before we started about where the future of your brand and your sound is going? Can we can we sort of explore that a little bit? What What do you have in your head going on? Because yeah. you're you're both your ideas as a marketer, your ability as a networker. You, you're really running a business, man. Like you're doing yeah. it. You're an entrepreneur in your own right. Everything you, the way you think about this business and how you do it, it's 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 cool. It's really unique, and it's your sound, and it's you. So where's where's the direction going for you? Um, really, just trying to keep doing what I'm doing. Honestly, um, I think. I'm taking a a big step up production wise um, over at least the past month or two. Like I've got, I'll send you some of the, the unreleased stuff I got. Hell yeah, um, I'd love to hear. Like it. I just, I just recently started doing my own vocals. No um, way. Because it, it took a while, it took a while for me to get comfortable with the cadence of house music as a writer. Mm. Because that's nothing. That's nothing like writing sixteen bar raps and eight bar hooks. You know what I'm saying? You got to be much more concise if you're trying to get an idea out and it's only going to be played every so often in a song. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And, and the tempo is much different and the cadence is different because it's not... For me, when I, when I was like... When I was writing raps, I was very a very wordy person. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, like to, I like to weave a lot with my flow and whatnot. And it's very hard to do that at 125 beats per minute. <laughs> you have to be a That's, lot more yeah. concise at 125 yeah yeah days. yeah and the flow has to be um sometimes it has to be a little choppier you know what i'm saying there are there are certain flows that fit well with house music that to me would feel weird if i was doing it in a different setting you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and and it being more sing-songy and simple because like i like i like to i like wordplay Mm-hmm. A lot, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like to have triple entendres and all kind of layers of what I'm saying. And it's very hard to do that when you got, like, six words per bar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that significantly changes things. And, like, I don't know when it kind of just, like, clicked for me. But now it's starting to get easier to do. And I got I got a few tracks um, that I need to start shopping. I got one that is, that is signed. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think I'm allowed to say Okay. where it's coming out yet um really? but uh i've started working with um mike mcfly and um he's been trying to help me get my production up and because i had sent some stuff to house of hustle and he was like yo what you're doing with these vocals is, is unique and it's you know what i'm saying it's something that can help to set you apart um and so with that and doing my own vocals uh once I get my first, I want to say big signing, it'll be when this when this song that's signed right now comes out, unless there's something that gets signed quicker. 
Um, I'm crazy. probably going to rebrand and just and just go as Govin Jones because it's it's much more authentic. Um, Govin's my first name and Jones is my mother's maiden name, and that was awesome. that was what I went by when I was um, when I was doing the singer songwriter stuff. Mm. Um, and I started the Governor Project before I started producing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that was just like kind of a DJ thing. Right. And so I kind of want to, I kind of want to, I feel like if I can get ahead of it and do this rebrand now before I got like 75 monthly listeners on Spotify, they'll, they'll find me. (laughs) Right. They'll, they'll they'll bridge the transition. Yeah. So it's like, I'd rather do that. And it feels like a natural transition now with me starting to release stuff with my own vocals on it would be a perfect time to just, you know what I'm saying? To do that rebrand and feel more, as an artist and not, you know what I'm saying? Not as the DJ. So what do you think? I, so it sounds like your lyrical content style is super, super deep and like meaningful. What is, uh, it what is, is your not with house style? music. Oh, not, with, not house with house music. music. No. So it, I guess that's what, it, that was the thing. was that like, when I was rapping, I'd say like, I was really into like state property and, and Rockefeller and like, you know what I'm saying? That storytelling East coast shit. Yeah. Um. And so when like when like the the South hit and it was all how much more fun and party music, I didn't know how to write that shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know how to rap about having fun without feeling like I'm sounding corny. And so that's part of coming around on the house music side. It's right. like now I can make fun music and it feels right to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's and so so cool. the lyrics, it's, it's a lot more playful. You know. Cool. But it's like. I don't know, like, just kind of like, you know, like swag, confident type, talking my shit, you know what I'm saying? How I would feel in the club, talking yeah. to somebody, you know what I'm saying? So, like, most of it is, most of the the lyrics are something that I would see myself, like, saying to somebody in the club, or saying something, talking about the club, or talking about myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, back to, like, that feeling, or, like, set and setting, where, to, where, where would I head, you know what I'm saying? Like Sorry. I got this, I got this track, the uh, track called Hook That Line um, with Mike McFly, where it's, where the where the vocal is like, it might sound crazy. Okay. But I really want to make you mine. And like, to me, like yeah. when I'm writing it, you'll be able to hear it in the way that I say, like in the way that I say it, it's like me, you know what I'm saying? Like whispering to somebody while I'm dancing, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, That's like game. So talk shit. Sick, bro. And so it's, it's, it's fun to, to do that now because it's starting to come a little bit easier. We're like it feels genuine. That's yeah, what it sounds like. Yeah, it's not it's not like a labor to 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 think for or push for. It starts to reveal itself as I'm writing it. You know what I'm saying? Like whether the cadence pops in my head or whether like the concept pops in my head and I have to write around that, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it happens, it happens different almost every time, but I feel like I provided my subconscious brain with enough fuel that I trusted to do what it does. And so I kind of just kind of like try to open the door for it and let it, let it happen. That's smart. I think that's like so important during the creative process is to just like trust your instinct and to allow that to flourish because that will be the most truthful version. Like if you allow yourself to overthink it, you'll just put the human touch into it and it won't, it won't be what it naturally was. Yeah. I try not to think about it at all. Like (laughs) opposite of overthinking. (laughs) Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, if I gotta, if I have to think too hard about it, like if I'm trying to write a lead for a song, and I find myself trying too hard, I will literally save that shit and turn my Xbox on. Yep. Like I'm not, do- I'm not doing that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because that's not fun to me. Having mm-hmm. to think about it is not fun. <laughs> then it, you know, then it feels like work. Sure. 
You know, like I don't, I'm lazy. I don't like, I don't like doing work. <laughs> yeah, you just want to have great times. You just want to be connected. Yeah, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to chill and, and feel good, man. That's about it. So I wanted to ask, what is your definition of happiness? Oh, my first instinct is to say house music. <laughs> I, I love don't know, that. Man. That would be a like, new answer. I haven't, I wouldn't have ever heard that one before, which I mean, is the, awesome. The purest version of it is for me is the way I feel when I'm dancing to house music. Mm. You know, like it's people, people will tell me sometimes like that my energy is like very infectious at the function. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not even paying attention to, the, to none of y'all. <laughs> like, like I'm not, I am not being positive on purpose. It's literally impossible for me to have a bad time. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm where I want to be, that's you know? Beautiful. And it's just like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's such a driving feeling in a world that's full of so much fucking bullshit and turmoil to be able to, to still be able to find somewhere where my brain can get lost. Right. You know what I'm saying? Someone who's always fucking analyzing and, and you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. it's something that I don't take for granted the way that I'm able to like lose myself and it not even, not even always like dancing to it or being on a dance floor, even if I'm just like riding my bike or driving or sit, you know what I'm saying? Like the way, like the way I feel when I hear a song that like a song that's crazy to me for the first time, like I'd be sitting by myself and being here like, looking yep. around for someone else literally. to react with it like like <laughs> like shit this is crazy you know what i'm saying like it's it's an unbeatable feeling and i feel like it's probably because i'm so like tied into music mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and like so much of so much of my experience in life has been has revolved around music in one way or another you know what i'm saying like that it's it's just it's i'm just like so locked into it and like my my boyfriend, I'm saying he gets sick of me talking about it. <laughs> but that's what we do when you're passionate yeah. about something, right? Yeah, yeah. He'll mock me and be like, "Sorry, babe, I was stuck in a groove." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Well, in my defense, I was. I didn't see my phone ring. You know what I'm saying? Like, a hundred percent. It's your, it's your, it's like a, it's the utmost form of therapy. I hate to say it, but there's this song called Church, but mm -hmm. it's like the church. The club is the church. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place where everyone, what would you, I uh, wanted to ask this, like if, if, if I've never been, or I'm listening to this podcast, I've never heard of house music or I've never been to a house music club. Like how, how would you describe that experience? Or like, how would you talk to someone about going to a house club if they're having anxiety before they don't know that experience? Hmm. I mean, like in one word, I would say euphoric. Mm. Um, but mm. I, like, I don't know. It's, it's a place where I feel like at a house music function, like it's, it feels like you're at that feeling you get when you're at a music festival where everyone is like, no judgment. Everyone is there for a great time. You feel like you can just be yourself completely without thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Like that is like, that's what that, that's what that's happening in the, in the club for the house, for house music, especially at the function that that we're throwing and that and that we're at you know what i'm saying like it's it's such a it's such a community i've met so many people and made so many friends from standing next to them like this and looking over and then and then seeing them at the bar later or seeing them outside smoking a cigarette or seeing them at a different club you know what i'm saying like it's yep. it's get it's given me so much that i don't think that i would have been able to find otherwise wow you know and it's and it feels 
it feels nice to like to feel like I actually have something to contribute now. Mm. Because like when I was just DJing before, I felt like a passive participant in it, even though I was DJing, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. because I wasn't really creating much. And I and I wasn't doing anything with my like DJ stuff, my DJing style or with the, you know what I'm saying, the kinds of the, the way that I was playing music. There was nothing, you know what I'm saying? The only thing unique about it was that I I was picking the songs. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Like, and so these were songs that I yeah, like. Yeah, you felt more like a disc jockey. Like, you were just yeah. catering tracks. Yeah. And so, like, now I've gotten to the point where I've, I've been at shows and had people who I don't know tell me that they're there to see me. And I'm like, I'm not even the headliner. How does you know what I'm saying? Feel like to actually be impacting people's lives. Um, it's it's what I what I hope to do, and like that's it feels good to be back here. Is what I'll say is because like when I was rapping and doing that shit, like in high school, we had that kind of buzz going. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like it was like you were like at the bottom of the mountain, but you you had had you had had a spark or an instinct of what it will feel like when you get yeah. to the top of that mountain. And like yeah. now you're climbing, you're, you're yeah. climbing, you're mid mountain. You might not be well, at the top, but you get it. You I feel it. like I've had to start at the bottom of the mountain for the, this is the third time I've started at the bottom of the mountain. Mm, so this, yeah, that's why it that. feels your third life. like with the, even with the, with doing the guitar thing and, 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 and that was a much more intimate experience mm. as far as like sharing myself with people. I still had those experiences with that. And then to like lose that and lose the the passion that came with that and be starting fresh again, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's cool to get there. And when someone says like good set to feel proud of it. Whereas like before it'd be like good set. It was like, well, yeah, I was just fucking playing songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I felt like a, a playlist. You could have, I could give you this in a Spotify playlist and you're gonna have the same effect for the most part. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so like now, now being able to add a lot more of my own flavor and, and be confident that I'm presenting it in a way that no one else is presenting it. You know what I'm saying? You could give me the same 20 songs. You could give Zach the same 20 songs. You can give Alex the same 20 songs and none of the sets are going to sound the same. Right. Even though they're the same songs. You know what I'm saying? So like it's it's getting to that point where I feel like I actually am giving something when I'm performing mm -hmm. and, and having that kind of reaction is a, it's a really, a really dope thing to, to, to finally, to feel, to feel that way about something I'm so passionate about. Cause even like when I was rapping, I was just doing it cause I was that good at it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I never really loved, I've never, I never loved hip hop the way that I love house. Music. And that now, was a much longer relationship. Yeah. Do you think like, how would you tell someone or talk to someone about the idea of following your passions? Like, cause it, like when you were following your, you, I, I feel like you, when you were younger, you were following your passion, which was music by doing the rap, but it wasn't the right outlet yeah. of that passion. How do you, how, how would you like talk to someone or what's your advice through getting through those points where you're like, I think I might be on the right track, but I'm not doing it right yet. Like how, how, what, how did you get through that mindset or like, what are some key takeaways from being able to find and finally get to a point where the passionate project that you're putting out is something that makes you so happy and just so, so rewarded as a human being? Like, how did you get through that? And how could someone else maybe learn from that? 
I feel like I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase it. Mm. I feel like before before it gets to the to the point where doing it is rewarding, it's it starts at the point where it feels empty when you're not. Mm. So so much so like much more of a driver for me than the great feeling I get when I play a great set or when I make someone smile or when I make someone dance is trying to avoid the hole that's there, that's left there when I'm not doing that. Wow. You know, like (laughs) for me, it's something that I didn't realize as much, but like, even when I wasn't creating musically, I was still in some ways doing that being behind the bar and, and curating playlists and playing the music behind the bar. I was still, I was still trying to give something, but it wasn't, it wasn't in the same way. And I didn't realize it on that level until I started DJing again. I was like, Oh, there it is again. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like what I, like I thought, I thought I was happy. I thought I was having fun. I wasn't having fun yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I was going through the motions trying to find this again. You, you know what I'm saying? Super like aware. On autopilot type shit. Yeah. Um, so like, I feel like if it's one of those things that I don't know, it's, it's like, it's a need, man. It's like some fucking primal shit. <laughs> you know, I totally like, understand you. Like, like it's for me it's like it really is like a hunger man like it, it's it really so is. it's so deeply ingrained inside of your existence now that it yeah. wakes you up without you having to wake yourself up yeah yeah and it's like it's one of those things that's like hard to explain but if you do something you know it when you, you know what i'm saying you know it yeah. when it's there so and you so it's like about- if you Go ahead. No, you finish your thought. I don't, I don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to say something like if you're like, if you're, if you're doing something and you're hesitant to pursue it because you don't think you're good enough or you don't think you're going to be good enough and you stop doing it and you feel like shit when you're not doing it, start mm-hmm. doing it again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's like the best. Oh, no, it's, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's like, it's, I hate to compare it to drugs, but that's what, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I go through withdrawal, man. Like, I'll be in a bad mood and be like, well, damn, I ain't made a beat in like four days. I ain't listening. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't listening to no music. I've been running around doing a bunch of shit. I haven't actually got to sit and enjoy, really enjoy any house music in a while. You know, like, yeah. it's something that you like, 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 it's like I said again, like being hungry, man. You know, you may not realize it until your stomach's growling, but you're like, oh, shit, I got to eat. You know? That's fantastic. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I wanted to ask you were you didn't um, say that you were spiritual, really, in a sense, but it seems like you have an ability to listen to yourself and be really in tune to what your body is wanting and what you need for yourself next. What are sort of some of your guiding principles or is there something that does give you like a sense of faith or a sense of a higher purpose or meaning for you in your life? Um. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't see him any higher purpose because I am of the belief that none of this shit actually means anything outside of what you assign to it. Mm. And I have decided to try to try to leave things better for me being here. You know what I'm saying? Like that's in, like in the, one way or that's another. That's like the purpose of life for you. 
I mean, yeah, because I've, yeah, I've had, I've I lost two of my best friends in in 2019, and wow. so that was right as I was very like right as I was really starting to make make little waves, even just as a DJ. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And there were people that were that were very supportive of me, and one of the main takeaways from from that for me was they are the two people that I could always count on to make me feel the way that I try to make everyone else feel, mm. you know, like I, as a, as a black gay man, I have, I feel a lot, you know, there's sure. a lot. And like, I know that it's shit's hard for everybody. And so I try my best to make it easier on the people I care about who are around me, you know, mm. just by, by being good to them. You know, yeah. like I'm, I am a bit of an asshole at times, <laughs> you know, but it's like, I, I really do sincerely try to be good to people. Mm. And, and, and because of this hell hole that we're in, trying to leave it a little bit better than it was, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the imprint I left, because those, those two people, Seth and Miklos left a very, very prof- profound imprint on me in the short amount of time that I knew them. That's beautiful. That, that I will carry forever. And that's a, another driving force of this is like, you know, is, is trying to do that because they believed in me so deeply, mm. you know, is to, to actually try to see this shit through, yep. you know what I'm saying? Because it, I need it, <laughs> you know, like I need it. That's my, I feel like this is, this is what third time's a charm. I feel like this is my, this is my last, my last shot, you know? Yep. And so like, and I'm going to push for it. I believe yeah. it too. Like you can hear it. You can hear it in your sound. You can see it in the progress of, of what you've been creating. And the world is like the universe is responding to you. It's giving yeah. you signs. It's pushing you towards that too. Yeah. Because I, ha- I don't feel like I'm meeting any resistance. And the other shit I was doing, <laughs> oh, I yeah. felt like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how the fuck I got here, bro. I started Timmy's <laughs> house in like September of 2018, I think. It's, it's September of 2021. I don't know how the fuck I got here. It just felt <laughs> like, like if, a blur. Just like, dude, yeah, man. If someone was to be like, give me a, what would the, what would the blueprint be? I don't fucking know. I just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> right. for me, I just like, I just know where I want to be. Mm. I know, I know what that looks like in some capacity. Mm. And so I try, I just, I take everything a step at a time. But I try to take those steps and make sure those steps are pointing in that direction in some way or fashion. Smart. You know what I'm saying? Like I may take a few steps to the side, but we're still going that we're still going trying to go towards it, you know? Yep. And so it's been one of those, it's like like I said, I haven't met any resistance. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's just been happening in a way where it's like I have I've barely had time to absorb it or you know what I'm saying, or or understand it. Like sure. there's just so many, so many factors have, have gone into it. You know what I'm saying? Where, where it feels like it's being laid out for me. And I'm, I'll be damned if I turn around and walk the other way from it. Hell yeah. You know? So Hell yeah. You know, just keep, keep going. I wanted to ask. So when did you pick up biking and talk to me about the biker's life? What have you learned? Give me some, give me some key takeaways that Govan has, has, has picked up as a biker. So I've- <laughs> I picked that up and I want to say June of 2020. Well, I had, I had a bike a couple of times back in like 2017, 2018. Cause I live in the short North and 
the bar I worked at was like maybe a mile away and everywhere I went was within two or three miles. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Every, so like that by was the way, commuting. Columbus is super bike friendly. Like I, yeah. I, my friend Jake lives around that area and we went yeah. biking there. It's beautiful. The river, yeah. so the river like trails a, and all that. So that's, that's where I ride is on the uh, Olentangy River Trail. Hey. Um, and like, it, dude, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And it like, it started out as commuting before and I've had probably like three or four bikes stolen. And so like the last time it got <laughs> stolen, I think like the day before Christmas and I was like, man, fuck this shit. That's and fun. so like, <laughs> I think that was like Christmas. I want to say 2018 maybe. So I hadn't ridden a bike in a while, but then when I uh, tore my quad tendon in 2019 and right when I was starting to do rehab on my leg was when COVID hit and all the hospitals and elective stuff was shut down. So I couldn't go to rehab. And so I got a bike from a buddy of mine I just started riding to, to get my leg stronger because I couldn't, you know what I'm saying? Lift weights or go to the gym. Cause no, that's really, really smart. Um, and so I did that um, all last summer. And then I'm trying to think if I had the same bike. Um, yeah. And then like, so I, I rode my bike all last summer and then, you know, it got cold. So you can't really do that much anymore. Um, and I was like really looking forward to getting back out there because it was like, that was the the only time I could really get out and do anything. We weren't, we weren't doing much, you know what I'm saying? And so like those, that hour and a half, two hours, I was riding like 25 miles a day last summer Wow. because I didn't have anything else to spend my energy on, <laughs> you know, like, so I'd wake up either, I'd either wake up and ride immediately or I'd wake up and like start a beat and then go ride, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and just like riding around, listening to what I had been working on and listening to, to my mixes and whatnot. Um, and so it's been, it's been really good for me, for my mental health as an outlet, especially during the week when I can't go dance anywhere. I can't go, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can't really go do anything exciting. Cause I, I don't, I don't do like the bar hop and stuff. I'm not about to go to the bar and spend money to drink, to go talk to strangers. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I yeah. have no desire to do any of that. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it's just been, it's been a lot of fun, man. Like I got a little Bluetooth speaker on my handlebar. Yeah, I was going to ask, I, I saw a video. Like, did you, did you set that up yourself? Did you like modify that to hold your, your speaker perfectly? No, the speaker I got has like a strap and the strap is like, it's like a, like a silicone strap that lays flat to the back. So like, I just stretch it around my handlebar and it sits pretty snug on the bike. Um, and it's, it's pretty loud and it, it makes it easier to ride. Cause I don't have headphones and I can hear, you know what I'm saying? I can hear my surroundings. Yep. People can hear me pulling up on them, you know, like, it just makes it a lot of fun because then I can, I can ride intervals where I like sprint on my bike during the drop and slow down during the breakdown. You know what I'm saying? Like it just gives a whole another, uh, another level to it. Um, sometimes I, I dig while I'm riding. I have, Shaz- I have Shazam on my watch. So I'll listen to somebody's mix, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, yep. and if I hear a song I really like, I'll just hit Shazam on my watch and when I get home, go look for it, you know? That's um, fun. So it's like, it's been nice because it gives me, it gives me a time un- uninterrupted where I can listen to house music mm-hmm. during the and week. It's you a know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, that's so healthy for our brains, like to release yeah. the dopamine that way. Yeah. Well, and, it, and I, I read somewhere, um, it helps a lot with stress too, to be mm-hmm. moving at that high of, to move at high speeds while having to pay attention to your surroundings that way. It Smart. makes it a lot easier to manage anxiety. Mm, because your sense. brain because your brain is used to trying to slow things down when they're moving too fast you know what i'm saying because you're right. constantly scanning riding on a trail like that you know mm. um so I, I think it's done a lot for me physically and mentally 
Yeah, it's something um, I've seen you I do was, like every day. It looks like on your stories. Yeah, I do. I do it every day I can. Um, I've been traveling back and forth up to um, Ann Arbor, well now Detroit, where my boyfriend lives at. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So there, there are times when I go up there, and I'm up there for a little bit long, or longer, and don't can't ride while I'm up there, and then I get home like, well, I can't wait to ride tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like hey. like today, I I got up and rode, I think 26 miles. I just got back from Detroit yesterday because I wouldn't help him move. Um, and so I was like, I, like I, you know, I went to bed early last night. Like, yeah, I can't wait to get up mm-hmm. and go ride. You know, I got I got a, a fresh mix to listen to. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a, it was a great day. A good, a good start to my day. I wanted to ask uh, how a how is your relationship going for you? And B, what do you think are some of like the most uh, most important traits or the most important things to keeping your relationship healthy and in a good spot? For you guys um it's it's great it's um it's interesting because he's he's a bass producer he makes okay. dubstep he's actually oh, a, uh, yeah. he's on he's, he's on direct support styles for, yeah well he he does yeah he um he's on direct support for Bunsen Blanche tomorrow down in Cincinnati at Thompson House no way um so it's 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 been fun because like he's he's got more going than I do you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. One of his songs just hit fifty thousand listeners or fifty thousand plays on Spotify or not Spotify oh, yeah. on uh on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, and it, it's funny because like we're it, it's it's going great, and we both we both laugh at ourselves and each other, and we're always cracking jokes about shit. Like <laughs> someone someone put a song on Spotify that showed up in my in my release radar that had my name attached to it. I'm like, I, this is Bass House. I would never. And so I was like, I got to change it. He was like, why? So your hundred monthly listeners don't get confused. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's, so I like as that's... a DJ, do you have, or as a producer, do you have to date another producer? Is that just like, does it have to be like, is that just, it doesn't work out or does it just happen to be that way? Um, I don't think you have to, but it, it definitely helps for us mm-hmm. um, with having the distance too, is that like, it's something that, we don't have to explain to each other what's going you know what i'm saying like right playing a show like he if he's playing a show and then i don't hear from him until five or six in the morning i'm not like checking my phone or asking him where he's at he's at afters duh i'm at afters too you know right, what i'm saying like right we're both doing the we're both doing the same shit so it's That's like nice there's never that a like level hey, of understanding. Where are you at? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You said you were going to be home at two. Well, we got wow. invited to after hours. Oh, word. Hell yeah. Well, let me know when you get home. You know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to you thinking I was lying because I told you I was coming home at two and something popped up, That's you know, like freaking nice. It's, I didn't yeah, think it's, about that. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely made it um, a lot easier because we both, we both really want this. Mm. And so if, if he's staying down here and he's like, all right, I'm going home tomorrow because I need to go lock in and make and work on some music for the rest of the week. I'm like, bet I need to do the same shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's so nice, nice to be able to, to level mutual with that. support. Yeah. And then even just like being able to send, I, you know what I'm saying? Show him music and he showed me music or, Oh yeah. I just found this, this new neat compression trick. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. being able to nerd out about shit like that is really cool. You know? And it's not, it's not something that I was looking for necessarily, but mm-hmm. I'm very glad that I found it. Doesn't that, isn't that always how it happens when you're not looking yeah. for it? That's when you find it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like, I feel like when you're not looking for it, you're only going to accept it if it's what you want. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't you don't end up forcing it the same way you were you are when you're searching for something. Hundred percent. That's definitely probably the mechanism that makes that happen. Oh, cool. I I this has been such a good time, man. Like this is. Thank you for joining me. I I have a couple yeah, questions no problem, here man. as we get closer to the end. Um, and the first one for that is, what is your current thought on aliens and extraterrestrial life? On it. On aliens? Yes. Like, do they like do they exist? Or like, yes. are they here already? Uh, well, they well, well one, we're, we're I anything. think they exist. If they exist, what do you think about aliens? When you think about it, I might, I might be, I might be one, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I feel Dude. very different from. I feel very different from a lot of people. So maybe I might be one. I don't know, man. I've been watching. Um, I was watching. Was it on Netflix? I think it was on Netflix. We were talking about um, just like some of the different sightings and shit. And I'm like, you mean to tell me you got all this shit? All these different people throughout time that don't know each other, <laughs> and they all and they all been seeing the same kind of shit. You think motherfuckers just all making it up together? Like there, there are there are You're fucking right, cave drawings of fucking yep. space helmets in Sumeria, bro. They didn't didn't nobody go back in time and write that shit there, right? Right. So where the, where the fuck they get helmets from? <laughs> where, where they get space helmets from? How do, how they know about rocket ships? You like, bring up such a fuck? valid point. No one ever, when I bring this question up on the show, no one ever fucking talks about that. Like, you could go so far back in history and see yeah. depictions of it. Yeah. All of that shit. I think in the Bible, when they talk about angels coming down, there's probably some fucking aliens. Mm. Do you think that mushrooms and, like, psychedelics and psilocybin that grow naturally in nature can be aliens? They look kind of alien-esque. Ooh. Ooh. Damn, dude, you about to fuck me up. I never thought I, about that. <laughs> you know? Yo, wait. Hold on now. That's crazy. Because I was, did you watch that mushroom documentary? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. And I'm thinking about how they don't behave like anything else on earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's such a variety. Like, that's, damn, man. That's also crazy. that that movie that, like, basically said that the spawn of everything was because of mushrooms and yeah the, yeah the stoned ape theory i was gonna i thought you were gonna ask do i think that mushrooms are awesome i was gonna say fuck yeah oh of course <laughs> are awesome. they have so many healing properties yeah, man. and they can be fucking wild if you take a lot yeah man i don't know like the, i remember i remember the first when i so when i used to when i was younger this was probably when i was like what was say 22 okay 22 or 23 i went down to florida and stayed at my buddy's parents' house. We went had a little vacation and shit. And I snuck some mushrooms down there. And I <laughs> ate mushrooms and laid by the pool or laid in the pool and just stared at the sky. I bet that was and insane. I dude, it was nuts because I came back and then over the next two years I lost 130 pounds. Because like dude, that dude, first trip unlocks that first trick that. Uh, it unlocked some shit, man. I had so many epiphanies that I couldn't vocalized or couldn't separate it felt like i realized a million things at once and i and i I understood what they all were but i couldn't i couldn't separate them to tell you what they were to save my fucking life you know i had that exact same feeling like literally dude i had this one trip i literally took like two grams not even that big of a dose and just cried 
I yeah. cried for like four or five hours. Yeah. So I just went outside, watched some birds fly past and just like mm-hmm. exactly like you're saying, I was crying because I felt and understood everything, but I could not explain yeah. say, or voice. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, it's so like, it's so amazing and like, and frustrating at the same time. Cause you're like, damn, I want to write this shit down. Right. I don't know how to use a pencil right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's where like my thought is like, like, they there's some people like there's a an author in the 80s his name is john dialargo uh-huh. he was a part of the vatican church before getting kicked out because he wrote a book where he said after studying the dead sea scrolls and understanding history that the paganist yeah. cults that founded religion were just people taking shrooms and yeah. all of the prophecies that they were having and talking to god was really just them experiencing trips of the shrooms and trying to contemplate and understand what they experienced. Yeah. Cause I would tell you, I do not, I don't believe in God, but the only times that I've ever felt the uh, presence bigger. that people speak of as God is when I'm on shrooms or on acid. 100%. But when I'm, the difference is when I'm on shrooms, I feel like I can connect with God. When I'm on acid, I feel like I am a God. That's just, <laughs> my, that's just my favorite. <laughs> and, now, and that's really, that's that conversation of synthetic versus natural at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's yeah, crazy. see, I did, I did. The shrooms definitely do out. feel much more natural because I feel like I'm, I'm in, I feel much less in control of my circumstances or my trip when I'm on shrooms. If I'm like, if I'm yeah. on acid and I start to have a bad trip or a bad thought or someone's giving me bad vibes, mm. I can be like, oh, this person's being weird. I'm leaving. Yeah. If I'm on shrooms, that person being weird, I'm about to be like, wait, why the hell is he being weird around me? Like, <laughs> exactly. I know exactly what you you're know? talking about. It's yeah, interesting so- too. And I, I, but I'm sure it has something to do with the way both the chemicals break down yeah. in the brain, but I'm not smart enough to fucking know that. So. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm like, I'm not trying to find out. I know what they, I know what they feel like. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, my, my philosophy is, is like, I'm interested in the idea that you can explore and try everything once, but I pretty yeah. much stick to all natural things. Like yeah. anything that comes from the earth, I will yeah. try. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, no, that's interesting. So I wanted to ask the next question I have. And the final one is if you have one piece of advice for anyone who's listening to this, that you had to leave and that's all you could share. What would that one piece of advice be? Do what you want, man. None of this shit fucking matters. None of it. It's everything you've ever known, everything you've ever been taught. It's all been made up at one point in time. Every word you know is made up. Every concept you know is made up. It's a we're all just fucking here, man. You know, <laughs> Make, do what you want. Because if you don't, you're gonna. If you don't, you're gonna hate it, and the world's still gonna be shitty. Yep. But if you're doing what you want, at least you can find some enjoyment somewhere. You know. That's beautiful. So if you got if you got something you want to do within reason, I guess. Don't go hurt as, as long as it doesn't hurt other people, I guess, right. is the way to put it. Because I'm that's my that's my biggest philosophy, man, is do whatever the fuck you want as long as you ain't hurting nobody. Smart. You know, I like, like yep. I like that's that's the only time I feel like when rules need to be enacted is when other people are involved. You know, we got a society and a culture, we gotta we got rules for shit like that, you know what I'm saying? But outside of that, man, do what the fuck you want. It ain't bothering nobody, you know? Yeah. As long as I agreed, like as long as people had the idea and the intention of love as yeah. the foremost principle that guides them, do yeah. the hell you want and everyone yeah. will live happy. That is a great, that is a great addendum to that. Yeah. Do whatever you want, but keep love first. <laughs> hell yeah. That's I want to give you an opportunity before we finish up here, Gavin. 
plug yourself anywhere. Where can people find you? How can they listen to you? Where can they check you out? Um, well, I got a bunch of mixes and shit on SoundCloud. It's uh, soundcloud.com slash Governor Jones, GVNR Jones. Um, Instagram, same name, Governor Jones. I post uh, bike rides, clips of music I'm working on, uh, pictures of me eating stupid shit, you know, dinner, whatever. I don't really take very many pictures at the club, though, because I'm, I don't know. My phone don't be out when I'm dancing. Sure. Like I, <laughs> that's like, that's how you know if I had a good night. It's because there won't be shit on my Instagram story. You'll have, <laughs> yep. you know what I'm saying? Like you might, you might have a picture of me when I, like a video from when I first get there. Right. And then it's radio silence. It's, it's, it's actually, yeah. So, I mean, like it's, it's on Facebook, it's uh, Governor Jones as well. Um, I don't know, man. I got, I got some new music coming. Um, got some, got some shows coming up. I'm playing at uh, Dahlia um, in a couple weeks on the 24th. We got a couple block parties this weekend uh, or day parties. We're doing uh, something for LSU. What's today? It's today, Thursday? On Saturday. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's just like, I don't know. I'm locked in right now. I'm coming, I'll be back up in Cleveland in October on the 8th, I think, with Fear and Low. Um, and then I want to say the 15th of October, I'll be the, the, the following Friday, I'll be down in Cincinnati. Hell with yeah. the fear and love playing with uh the homie moose and he's oh, okay. been Hell yeah. he's been yeah he's been on the way up man he just played space shot that shit looked fucking crazy that's that's some that's what i'm trying to do man i need to get out to la and get something popping yes some you parties do, look fun, fun as hell la scene like that's, that's insane that's my kind of carrying on man they play all that weird shit out there man mm-hmm. that's the that's the shit i like i hear you well, I want to thank you so much for being a guest today. And folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Make sure to go check on out his music. And as always, enjoy life, live the adventure, and we'll catch you later.